You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, I don't know how to feel after that game where we finished with a draw with the Gold Coast Suns. I don't know whether to feel lucky that we even got two points out of the game or, you know, did we waste an opportunity? And at one point, I thought we were lucky to be in the game. So, yeah, it's one of those games that, it, you know, when it finished, um, I was disappointed that we didn't get the four points. But, yeah, I was in, you know, as you always feel after a draw, just a bit of a hollow feeling. Yeah, mate, and I think it was Dennis Pagan who said, uh, you know, when you have a draw like that, it's like dancing with your sister. So, um, yeah, it's just, I know that bit of a hollow feeling, as you say, um, like good not to not to get done, but uh, you certainly didn't come out of that, you know, feeling too pumped up. Uh, but, you know, I suppose it's better than a loss, uh, but really uh, there's a few bits of play there that we'll go through during this uh, bit of a review. Um because while it was good for us to be in a winning position or even in the game, uh, there were some certainly bits, some bits of play that were pretty suspect uh, that you know basically allowed Gold Coast to have that last shot at goal and could have taken the game away from us. Yeah, I bet we talk about uh, the piece of play that happened after Dylan Shield kicked the point. Yeah. Um, if you're like me, you're lucky if any hairs are remaining. Um, <laughs> It was one of the most uh, oh, baffling, poor defence work on a um, on a setup from a um, setting up a defensive zone after you've scored. Usually, you try to lock the ball into the forward line. Uh, Essendon, for some reason, thought it was a good opportunity to give Gold Coast a chance to run one of their training drills. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get stuck into that um, uh, when we get into it. But uh, let's start when we go with the first quarter. And gee, we looked flat. We looked really flat. Like it was just a, just a disappointing start to the game, and we looked a little bit disinterested. Yeah, I know we we're coming off a four-day break, but yeah, I was very concerned early days. Yeah, mate, our disposal was just woeful. Like we kept going to the wing, or even directly out to Suns players, and you know, in the end of it, Fiorini ended up getting an easy mark inside fifty, and there was no one on him, and he kicked a classy goal. So it was a really disappointing start. Uh, so I guess the only... I was sort of... You take the good with the bad, but Jimmy Stewart actually took a really good grab uh, in the forward line there. He, he missed the goal, but I, I was uh, really, uh, you know, really happy he did take that big mark. And I think that definitely gave him a bit of confidence going in uh, to the game, as we definitely saw a bit later on. Yeah, it was pleasing to see Jimmy Stewart start the game better because he... Had really struggled to get his hands on the ball in the first two games back, and um, yeah, the mark was—he had to be quite agile to take that mark because, although it wasn't a one grabber, um, he somehow positioned his body to be able to complete it. And yeah, I think he got a lot of confidence starting like that, and he had a good game uh, subsequently. Um, let's talk about some of those poor kicks. Um, Gee, Aaron Francis, he, he made a mess of a couple of kicks and one in particular sticks to mind where I don't even know where he was kicking the ball. It went directly to the Gold Coast Suns player. Mm, yeah, and that's that's the really disappointing thing. Like, I definitely, you know, certainly in that first half anyway, our defence, you know, because they're so young down there, they really looked out of their depth. 
like their their class plays individually, but as a structured unit, they um, yeah they sort of struggled for a while there. I mean, you know, obviously you know blokes like Ridley and Saab were holding their own, but apart from that, I mean, uh, yeah, like Zerk Thatcher was getting a bit of a bath, and uh, yeah, I think Francis, as we've sort of mentioned in previous pods, mate, like he's he can just I know just switch off the brain and just uh uh i suppose kick in hope and as soon as that happens if we're not structured up right uh gold coast were actually playing really smart and we're just gobbling that footy up and getting it back into their 50 and yeah kicking goals on us so um yeah it was a bit it was a bit worrying yeah i thought matt guelphy did start well on isaac rankinen and um he yeah obviously kept him goals in the first quarter and um, Isaac Rankin is obviously uh, one of the most exciting prospects in the AFL. So he started well, but as the game went on, um, yeah, uh, Mac Welfi was found wanting. But uh, again, it wasn't through lack of effort with him. It's just more. Uh, there's a couple of times, you know, where you know if you're going to play on a player like that, you really have to put body on him the whole way, and you can't really risk your arm a bit. And there's a couple of plays where he ran off Isaac um, hoping to assist another defender but that left Rankinen on his own and uh, that, that was more in the second quarter but um, anything else in the first quarter that you wanted to go through? Yeah there were quite a few things for mine like there was a really nice mark from Smack just outside 50 um, and he like he made a beautiful kick to draw Stewart to the footy and he marked it about 40 metres out slight angle and he kicked it. And what I loved about that was, you know, as soon as it came off the boot, you just heard this, yeah, from Stuart. You know, he was obviously super confident it was going through, and it bloody did. And uh, I just love seeing all the boys get around him. I thought it was uh, fantastic. And then uh, there was a couple of really disappointing bits of plays, like like good bits of play to get it down forward, but then we stuffed around with it. So, you know, when, when Clark started with the footy and we ended up getting it down... Uh, to Snelling, who got it to McKenna. He pumped it long to Langford, and he, he took the mark, but then he sort of tried to be a bit cute and uh, tried to kick it to Smack, and, you know, it uh, you know didn't didn't get there, and, gee, you know, Gold Coast just whipped it down the other end. And then there was that other bit of play where we sort of brought it forward with Tipper running inside 50, and, again, he got, got cute and stuffed around with it, and that was where we were hand-passing you know, like, you know, ring around a Rosie or something like that. And, you know, obviously stuff around with the hand passes and we just, you know, tied ourselves up in, in knots and Gold Coast took it away. So, like, they're the things I'm disappointed with. Um, Tipper has to really take the responsibility to kick those goals because, yeah, when we stuff around like that and we mess it up and the other team then just whips it away and kicks a goal down the other end, it really hurts us. Um... And yeah, I suppose you know. Apart from that, the the one thing that really stood out to me was where you know, like Zaharakis, he's an experienced player. Two hundred and seventeen games he's played for us now, um, but he just wasn't focused. And when uh, it was it Swallow had the had the ball outside fifty, like he he wasn't going to make the distance uh, to kick the goal. But Zaharakis was there and didn't think to sort of man up on Weller. And, of course, Weller just like, hey, just pass it to me. And he's got a beautiful leg on him. 
and he uh, kicked it through. So it was really disappointing to uh, have that goal kicked in us and or not even have that bit of pressure on Waller to not allow that kick to happen. Um, but yeah, so that was a that was a quarter for mine. Yeah, I, I've got to say, um, I've noticed that as well. Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody seems reluctant to back himself in for those kicks from goal around the 40 metre mark. Um, and that play where they overhand passed, uh, I've seen Tipper take on, you know, a step inside and, and line up and kick those goals. And he's been reluctant to do that this year for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, and there's obviously a focus by the club to use the handball, which we knew was coming in with Blake Carousella's, um game plan and how he wanted the Bombers to play because a stat came up uh, very early in the piece. It was Essendon 39 handballs to Gold Coast 12. So that's a, a massive difference. And, um, yeah, I think handball plays look exciting when you get through and then you use the footy. But uh, when you overhand pass, which we were, it just makes you look incredibly messy as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we get our balance right with that because it's very uh, very evident that we, uh, you know, that's our style. And it won't take long for clubs to pick that up. And I th- in fact, I think they have already. And uh, the pressure the Gold Coast put on um, was first class every every quarter, right through the entire match. Uh, the the uh, pressure rating I noticed that Foxtel Footy use. Um, was right up there, you know, was above the 200, which is in the uh, elite category. So the Bombers basically had themselves in pressure the whole time and uh, we were good enough to cause a draw, but um, yeah, it was a bit disappointing with the, um, you know, just our style of play isn't balanced um, and we're, we're either all or nothing one particular way. And uh, I just hope that it's going to be quickly learned that we can't always do that. Agreed. So, you know, going into the second quarter, uh, I suppose the first thing that stood out to me was there was that real fantastic kick from McKenna. Uh, he got it to Stewart, who took the mark and kicked his second goal, which is just excellent. So I really liked McKenna's entry there. Um, but then down the other end, you know, there was a terrible kick from Zerk Thatcher. You know, we were trying to get the ball out of the 50, and Zerk Thatcher sort of skied it up in the air to Smith. And that was taken away by Gold Coast to kick yet another goal. So, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a mare, old Zerk Thatcher. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, going on from there, though, there was some brilliant work from Ridley. He took a mark from an errant Gold Coast kick and then delivered the ball to Bell Chambers in the, uh, basically just above the uh, sort of goal square there. And Bell Chambers took a strong mark and, and kicked the goal. I thought that was a fantastic bit of play. Yeah, it was, and I love the double cobra. <laughs> um, and Tom Bell James was very uh, happy with himself after that game, and uh, sorry after that goal. And even at the uh, next ruck ruck contest, um, yeah, Tom Bell James had a big smile on his face. So, uh, you know, I think we've mentioned a few times during these series of podcasts that um, we haven't seen Tom Bell James do much up forward for a long time. Um, that was kind of pleasing to see him take a big pack mark and. Um, go back and kick the goal. But, um, yeah, he seemed to really enjoy that moment, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, good on him for uh, for enjoying the moment too. So, um, no, that was a good bit of play. Uh, and then, you know, not long after, 
Uh, I love Tipper's work. You know, he, he took a bouncing footy to draw a man and then released Zaharakis, um, who kicked the goal from, you know, sort of 40 metres out, running inside 50. So that was, uh, that was a real bit of class there. And, um, yeah, it's good to see that, that play. And I guess the um, disappointing thing was, you know, after that, we, we seemed to have the run. And we had the ball basically locked in our forward 50 for a long time. But we just couldn't score. And then we finally got that opportunity through Guelphie and, and he missed, uh, which is going to happen. Um, and then, you know, down the other end, we sort of gave away another 50. <laughs> Mind you, the, the 50 was uh, pretty rubbish when Snelling apparently sort of entered the area, which which had no effect on the on the kick. But as it, as it was, we gave away the 50 and Bose kicked it through. Um, and that was right at the end of the half. So, like, you know, two quarters, you know, they got red time goals and, um, yeah, they, they really hurt you. Yeah, I've got to say with the Snelling one, it was definitely there, though. He was inside the protected area. And uh, even though he had no effect on the play, our players have got to be a bit wiser than that because the umpire will pay that 90% of the time. Um, particularly if you're wearing a bomber jumper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it feels anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I just thought, yeah, just like uh, a bit of awareness there. Um, you know, we've got to be very careful, especially um, near the end of quarters because it's so, so disheartening to give up that last goal of any quarter, um, particularly when you've worked hard to try and get the game pretty close. And, you know, the, the bombers are... Uh, Certainly made it a bit difficult on the night, and I think that first half um, showed we were a little bit not switched on for the first half, and obviously our second half was much better, but I still don't think we took full advantage of how much footy we owned in our forward line, um, and you know we'll talk about the third quarter up next, but um, I think the third quarter began and. And before we knew it, we were what, 19 points down, weren't we? Yeah, we were, mate. It was, uh, yeah, they started to sort of take hold of us. But uh, there was a good bit of play where we got the ball forward and Langford took a mark and it was really classy from him because he actually got crunched by Alice there like as he was taking the mark. Um, he got up and he was wincing, but he was good enough to uh, stay strong and, and kick the goal. So it was a really class goal from Langford there. Um, but then down the other end, yeah, as I said, like Day was just giving Zerk Thatcher a bath. He took a big mark, uh, you know, basically at the top of the goal square there and got another goal for him. But, you know, Ridley really took control that quarter. He was everywhere. Uh, he took some solid intercept marks and then he went hard at a contest and got that free where he was first at the footy and he got taken high. Uh, and, you know, from that play, we went forward. Snelling crumbed it, and he kicked the goal. And you know, the goals like that, you know, even though it was Snelling that got on the end of it and kicked it, like that was Ridley's goal. Uh, that was just a fantastic bit of courage and play there. Yeah, they were pretty brave. Um, some of our younger bombers. Um, another piece of play that springs to mind was Kyle Langford out in the wing. Um, he had to take possession of the footy, and oh, he got smashed. Um, and I just noticed once he'd released the ball. It, even though he got smashed, he got straight back up in his feet. And, you know, that's a side of the game we haven't probably seen of Kyle too much. But that says to me that, you know, our players are prepared to t wear a bump and uh, wear a bruise 
uh, to get the ball, and I, you know, I just started to get a little bit of belief in that quarter. Yeah, no, it was, and there was a, like some other stuff. Like Smack took a huge grab in the in the forward line there. Like he missed the shot, but it was good work nonetheless to get that grab. Um, and then some great work by Smith uh, to get it forward to Stewart, um, and that's where he sort of took that mark. You know, about 15, 20 metres out, but it was on an angle, and I, I sort of thought the umps, you know, put him on a bit more of a tougher angle than he, he marked that. But any, in any case, he kicked his third goal, and it was just fantastic to see. Um, but I suppose, I know, I've, I don't like doing it, um, but I suppose I am picking on Redmond a bit. Um, he made another really poor entry inside 50. You know, there were two blokes basically out on their own. We had the ascendancy, uh, we'd kept Pe- uh, Pepper in the, the 50 and Gold Coast around the back foot, but then he kicked it out on the full. Uh, and that just, you know, that's that release valve for the Gold Coast. And, um, yeah, it was just disappointing. And then, you know, Stuart, um, you know, when Gold Coast started to, to get the upper hand, Stuart actually went down to the half-back line and took a huge grab at half-back for that sort of release option, which I thought was, was massive for us. Yeah, it showed that he had some good fitness because he had to work quite hard uh, running back the other way. And I was impressed with his run all night, really, because um, there's a couple of times where he also took the game on uh, head first uh, against other players and you know, stood up uh, with the contest, which is pleasing considering how bad the injuries he's had the last couple of years. So, yeah, um, yeah I agree that mark in the half-back line was really important. Mm, um, but I suppose another couple of disappointing things were um, like Cutler dropped an absolute sitter uh, in the forward 50 but then like it was good work by him he followed up his work and actually uh, sort of tackled two blokes in the end there and ended up pinging Dave for holding the ball uh, unfortunately he wasn't able to uh, you know kick the goal but uh, you know it was good by him but yeah, you know, unfortunately yet again uh, we coughed up another red time goal in that quarter because we did have, uh, like, we, we drew him back. We were within a goal, but then that red time goal to him uh, had us down by two col- two goals at the three-quarter time break. Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, it's disappointing to give out that last goal, wasn't it? As, um, as to me, um, it seemed to be a trend three quarters in a row, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we can uh, yeah tidy that up. And then, yeah, we nearly did it again. Uh, at the end of the game there as we saw but uh, look going into that fourth quarter uh, Gold Coast were up and about and they really tried to um, to pressure us sort of out of the game and I, I really liked uh, Dylan Clark he I mean he's, he's probably not I know the, the best suited bloke to, to defence but he was playing defence quite a lot of this game and he took a huge um, uh, you know he actually made that that tackle to save a certain goal. You know, the Gold Coast player thought he was out and he's open and was just waltzing in nice and slow. Dylan Clark, he didn't give up on the contest and made that tackle, so that was huge. Um, and then, you know, not long after, uh, Tommy Cutler sort of found himself with the ball after it sort of been bobbling about. Uh, he, he kicked a, you know, a wobbly left foot mung, uh, but it, it went through the goals and, you know, got us back that little bit closer. Uh, and then there was that great run from McKenna where he took a couple of bounces to hit Zaharakis, you know, that 45 metres out. He kicked a big goal. 
And, uh, you know, imagine that, Jam, like McKenna, like running from the back line, kicking towards forward. Like, it's actually pretty effective, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he, he um, is very reluctant to play down back, I'm hearing, but um, yeah, he, for some reason he wants to make a name for himself up forward. But, gee, uh, all these highlights seem to be him, you know, using that great kick. You know, we, we talked about the setup to uh, James Stewart. And then that one there to David Zarakis. And the kicking, you've got to say, for an Irishman, I was just, you know, he stands out better than Aussie blokes have been playing it all their life, you know. He just hits the target and so smooth. Uh, the one to James Stewart was right in front of his eyes, you know. It was such a great kick. And then the the next one to Zarakis was like a laser beam, just hit him perfectly. So, yeah, I hope we get the best out of Conor McKenna. And he sees where his value is for the team. Yeah. Um, that, so the next bit of play that I've, I've sort of noted here, James, is you know that that one where where Zeret um, was sort of going towards uh, the boundary, and he sort of tapped it back to the Gold Coast player who you know um, basically kicked the the footy out on the full. Um, and Zeret didn't stop. He just picked up the ball and ran forward and sort of played on, and he kicked it to Smack, who passed it to Zaka. Uh, he kicked another clutch goal, um, and unfortunately, like Zaka was looking really good there, but yeah, that's where he popped his quad. Uh, but that was a, a really important goal for us, and um, yeah, got us got us back even. I think um, at that point, um, and then yeah, I was just mm. I was just going to jump in there and just say, like, um, isn't it unfortunate that Zarakis starts to play his best footy? Uh, and he gets himself injured. It's uh, such an excellent thing to happen. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But he did kick that, and and that tried. Um, that did at level of scores. Yeah, and then not long later, there was that beautiful play on the wing by Saad, who got it to Zeret. Uh, he then got it to Tip out of Parish, who kicked it to Langford, who kicked a brilliant clutch goal as well uh, to have a upright goal with only three minutes thirty to go. But. One thing that really frustrated me, Jamie, and it, it happened throughout that game really, but there were so many times Gold Coast players were caught holding the ball or they failed to kick it, uh, so it should have been a legal disposal. Like it was just really frustrating. And while we we actually won the free kick count on the night, if you if you believe it, but it's the ones they didn't pay that that really uh, frustrated me. So. Um, and then, of course, you know, as you sort of mentioned before, James, you know, we had the ball down our way. Um, you know, uh, Ben King had kicked that really classy goal to get the scores back even. And then we got it down our end and Shield got that point. And, uh, yeah, we just decided to, oh, you know, there can't be that long left. I'm sure they can't get it down the <laughs> down the ground that quickly. Well, Gold Coast just said, hold my beer, and took it straight down the wing. And, you know, Isaac Rankin, uh, you know, while he missed the shot, I reckon, like, good on that young bloke for, for backing himself and taking the responsibility to kick a score for his club to, to win the game. I thought that was uh, really strong by him. Um, obviously, fortunately for us Bombers, they, they missed it, but... For us to just allow them to run the the ball so easily down the wing was just absolutely, uh, yeah, unforgivable, really. Uh, 
Yeah, how, how do you reflect on that one, Jane? Yeah, well, firstly, I, I thought Dylan Shields should have kicked that goal. For an experienced player, he was no more than 15 metres out. Uh, I just felt he rushed the kick. Like, he had a bit more time than that. And, you know, it was really disappointing he didn't kick that goal, firstly. But secondly, the way we didn't defend, you know, the game's at its death. And, you know, you've worked so hard to get your noses in front. Oh, it was it was exactly like a training drill, the way that they uh, were able to just get the ball up forward, and you know on the basis of that, um, I don't think yeah that would be accepted at many clubs, um, and I just hope that uh, Ben Rutten particularly uh, talks to the players about that one because as you say you're quite right that's unforgivable in a game where you've worked so hard. Uh, to allow that to happen just shows a total breakdown in your structures and it should never happen. Um, you're right, with the Isaac Rankin and one, um, in reflection, there's a bit of debate whether he particularly aimed the ball for the contest, backing in Ben King and so forth. But Because um, he didn't really go the barrel or anything, he just seemed to be a half-hearted kick in a way. So I'm not sure if he either fluffed a kick firstly or he was trying to you know he backed in Ben King to take that mark but regardless um, the ball got out the back and uh, when Brandon Ellis got the ball uh, I've got to say I was just so fearful that he was going to kick that uh, for a score but enter Andy McGrath and what a smother that was uh, uh, what a leader he is uh, the way that he works so hard and that smother was epic. It was, mate. He saved the game. Uh, you know, he worked so hard, that bloke. You know, and while we sort of say, like, he's always kicking under pressure and that kind of thing, he continues to work so hard, always presenting an option. Uh, and to make that smother was just fantastic. And I don't know, when I looked at that play, I saw so many Essendon players, because Marty Gleeson... Um, like made a tackle and it should have been holding the ball um, but you know it wasn't paid and so many Essendon players around the area just put their hands out and said oh come on look we should have a free Andy McGraw was basically the only one who kept playing because he, he knew the whistle hadn't blown so it wasn't likely to blow anytime soon and you know he, he made the smother whereas everyone was just complaining you know you look at Tommy Cutler he sort of made a half half hearted effort at a uh, at a tackle on Alice, and Alice just basically brushed him off, and you know you just put out his hands and say poor old us. Well, you know the game doesn't work like that. If the umpires don't pay the free, the free's not there, so there's no use sucking about it. So I'm really glad that um, Andy McGrath stayed focused, but I'm hoping that bit of vision is looked at by the club, and um, we sort of look at our attitudes uh, towards it because. You know, we can't change the, the minds of the umpires. Um, so it's sort of futile to to think that, you know, putting your hands out and trying to look like some kind of martyr or something um, is going to change anything. So, um, no, great work from Andy McGrath there. And, uh, yeah, as you say, that's that's another reason why he'll be a future leader of the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, now, um, obviously the game ended there, scores level. But uh, there was one bit of footage... Oh, geez, did it really riled me up. And, look, it may have been just a 
a split second view, and I might be judging him harshly, but to see John Worsfold smiling away from the from the sidelines, oh gee, that frustrated me. I uh, I was pleased to see when they showed Ben Rutten, he looked like we missed an opportunity, and I think most that's how most Bomber fans would have felt. Um, and and that's the thing with John Worsfold, he he doesn't seem invested. And I know he's never been an emotional kind of coach, but stuff like that uh, just shows no empathy for, you know, for the fans. And, um, yeah, just to see him with that wry smile, you know, I, just, I didn't like that footage at all. No, you're right, mate. It's uh, disappointing to see, but, you know, and we've we've seen it from the players even at times when I'll have a joke and a laugh after, a, um, you know, whether it's a, a big loss or whatever. Um, which is disappointing. What I, I mean, it's, I suppose a bit after that, you saw Dylan Shield and Dev Smith uh, talking about the game, like just on the ground. Obviously, didn't hear what they were saying, but they looked in real deep discussions, saying, "Geez, like we should have had that." Um, and you know, talking about the way they they want to play footy because those two are real competitors, and I'm hoping they can start to you know really drive the culture down at the Essen Footy Club. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, clubs are here to win premierships. You're not here to make up the numbers. So I'm really hoping we start to, to build some kind of killer instinct so when we do have opportunities like this, we don't just let it slip. And, uh, yeah, we, we try to sort of bank the wins. But, um, yeah, look, a draw in the end. Um, so, yeah, all we can do is look forward to next week and hope we can you know, continue to improve on our performances. Uh, so that takes us up to 22 premiership points. We're sitting in ninth currently. Uh, we've got, obviously, next two games, the Saints on Sunday and then the Tigers in the Dreamtime game in the in uh, Northern Territory. So uh, those two games, I think if we drop both of those, we're, that's our season. Um and if we're lucky enough or fortunate enough or good enough to win both of those, or at least one of those, we're still in the hunt. But, um, yeah, we've made it hard for ourselves. Uh, but, yeah, we'll wait and see how good we are. Um, we managed a few players for this game, and let's hope the players coming in on Sunday can do the jobs on the Saints. All right, we'll have a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll do our Don's Cast Medal. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Don's Cast, and mate, we do our Don's Cast medal votes now, and mate, we always start with you, so why don't you give us your five best players on the ground? Yeah, beautiful. So, for mine, for the one vote... Uh, I had to give it to David Zaharakis. He kicked three really clutch goals right at the end of the game. Um, you know, he, he had 13 disposals, uh, 220 metres gained. Um, that obviously popped his quad at the end there, poor bugger, as he started playing good. But, you know, I had to give him a reward for effort for those three goals because uh, they, were, they were huge in the match. And, um, you know, when you get, a mar- get an opportunity for goal, um, you know, he's he's actually kicked it. So, um, yeah, good on him uh, for that. 
Um, two votes I gave to Jimmy Stewart. Uh, he kicked three goals as well, and I thought it was a really um, sort of impressive display by him. Uh, he looked to really get some confidence out of it. Um, uh, you know, he took sort of five marks in the end, and they were really strong grabs. Uh, had the ten disposals in the end, and um, yeah, I really like seeing him kick those those goals and. Yeah, really, he seemed real up and about. His body language was confident and uh, he sort of looked strong. So that was great work from him. Uh, three votes I gave to Andy McGrath. He was absolutely everywhere this game. Like, had the 26 disposals in the end. Uh, 14 of those handballs, so 12 kicks. Um, but, you know, six clearances, 252 metres gained, um, two tackles. And that's from only 80% of time on ground. You know, we're obviously sort of managing our players uh, game time so they can, you know, come up fairly fresh into the next game. So I thought that was a great effort from Andy McGrath. And obviously that, that game-saving uh, smother we sort of mentioned before was absolutely brilliant. Uh, four votes I gave to Zach Merritt. I thought, uh, you know, he, he really pushed hard all game. Uh, so he had 30 disposals, 17 of those kicks, which is great. Took five marks, had three clearances, uh, and you know, 478 metres gained for us, uh, which was just uh, fantastic. And um, yeah, I thought it was a, a really good game from Zach Merritt, but for five votes, I couldn't go past Jordan Ridley. Uh, another absolutely outstanding game from, from Jordan Ridley. He had uh, 23 disposals. And 20 kicks out of that. So he really made best use of his boot. And, geez, he was he was everywhere, you know. He delivered a couple of beautiful kicks inside 50. Uh, he was, you know, really hitting targets out of the back line. Took 10 big marks in the back line there. Even had a clearance and 360 metres gained. Uh, so a fantastic game from Ridley. And, um, you know, this young man is... Um, just outstanding. So, Dodoro, whatever you have to do to get him to sign up, pay the man. Um, how about you, Jamie? How were your votes? Yeah, it's a, it was pretty much along the same lines as you. Um, I went five votes for Jordan Ridley. I uh, thought he was outstanding. Uh, his intercept marking is a joy to watch. Um, and his kicking, as you say, is just so elite. And... 91% efficiency. That's unbelievable when you have 23 possessions. And as you said, 20 of them were kicks. So he uses the ball well and sets up bomber attacks. And, uh, yeah, we've got to sign this guy. Uh, we've put a lot of development time into him, and he's now ready to flourish. And, yeah, we need to sign him up. Um, four votes ago to Zach Merritt. I thought he was brilliant on the night. He... Um, he seems to have found a bit of a good patch of form, you know, when you, you know, parlay the last couple of games into it. And, um, yeah, he's kicking, starting to get back to where it needs to be. So, great game by Zach Merritt. Three votes I gave to Andy McGrath. Um, his first half in particular, was he was everywhere. He had 19 disposals at half time. And, um, in a way, it was really important that the Gold Coast had to stop him. So they put Took Miller on him, and that took away Took Miller's, uh, you know, basically attacking flair, and just negated 
uh, any benefits he usually gives the Gold Coast on the um, way forward. And uh, whilst Andy, Andy struggled to get his hands on the ball as much in the second half as he did in the first, uh, it didn't stop his work rate at all. And we saw in that last quarter just some important possessions and important, uh, well, that important smother had um, led the Bombers to that draw. Uh, I gave two votes to Dylan Shield. I th- thought Dylan played well. And um, I spoke about I'd love to see all three of our gun mids have a good game together. And I probably thought when I said that, if they did, it would be during a Bomber victory. So the fact that they all played very well and, um, you know, we still only got a draw against Gold Coast is a little bit concerning. But, um, yeah, I thought Dylan Shield was really good. He, you know, He's a really important player in terms of his kicking's getting better, which I'm glad, you know, from last year I was really concerned that, you know, we signed him up for six or seven years and his kicking was atrocious at times. But I've noticed this season he, it seems to be a lot more cleaner. Maybe he's more comfortable playing in the club um, this year than last. But, yeah, I thought he was pretty important. I would have loved for him to kick that last uh, opportunity that he had for goal. Um because I think he was capable of kicking that one. But uh, regardless, he had a good game. And I gave one vote to Jimmy Stewart. Um, you know, three goals was really important. And more particular, it was just the way he's intent on the ball. And I thought he gave us a bit of presence down forward. So, yeah, good to see Jimmy Stewart uh, up and about. And let's hope uh, he gains a lot of confidence out of that game and becomes a bit of a target for our game against the Saints. So, mate, where are we at with our Bomber um, Donscast votes? Yeah, mate, so uh, you know, down the bottom, so we've got one for Tommy Cutler, two for Smack, and three each to Townsend, Stewart, Laverty, Bell Chambers, Hooker and Parrish, five each to Draper and Phillips, six to Zaharakis, seven to Hurley, nine to Stringer, 11 to Smith, 13 to Langford, 28 to Shield, 35 to Merritt, 48 to Sard, 54 to McGrath, and out in front is Jordan Ridley with 58 votes. Yeah, well, just going through some of those names that are out of contract. Uh, just uh, obviously Jordan Ridley, Andy McGrath, and Adam Sard. Oh, so uh, we better get on the bike, and uh, I hope Adrian Dodoro is uh, working hard to get the signatures of particularly those three players. And obviously Joe Danaher is another one. Uh, just before we go into our you know, by-the-numbers segment, uh, there was a bit of talk of late that Joe Danaher has drawn the interest of the Brisbane Lions. And uh, probably if you know, clubs are starting to talk like that, they probably feel like he is on the outer Essendon and might be on his way out. Um it's pleasing to hear he started to, you know, he plans to be in a scratch match maybe as early as uh, next week. Uh, what do you think, mate? What do you, what do you think the speculation comes from? Do you think they think Danaher's gone from the Bombers at season's end? Oh, potentially. But, I mean, if you're a rival club and you know there's a Joe Danaher, he's coming out of contract, I think, you know, you'd be silly if you didn't at least ask the question. So, um, yeah, perhaps there's a bit of that. Um, 
And, you know, I guess from a contract point of view, you know, Joe hasn't played uh, for quite a while. So his value isn't as high as, you know, if he was playing all the all the time and, you know, kicking bags of goals. So there could be an element of the manager uh, just trying to, you know, squeeze a few more bucks into a new contract uh, by sort of creating that bit of competition. Um, whether that's real or... Um, yeah, you know, or sort of not, but um, yeah, like you'd be you'd be silly not to ask the question if you're a rival club. You know, is Joe Danher gettable? Because a, a 200 centimeter plus bloke who can yeah you know, can run, who can leap, um, and kick goals. Uh, he's an absolute gun when he's when he's uh, when he's playing well. So um, could be something to it. But look, I suppose we'll never know until uh, end of the season where. You know, contracts are drawn or or trades are made. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, we'll have a break. We'll go by the numbers next. And we'll just uh, precursor that by saying that it probably won't be our longest session, this one, because obviously we've got a <laughs> match review show probably tomorrow night, so um, it'll be a bit quicker than what we normally do. But we'll come back with by the numbers after the break. You're listening to the Don's Cast, and our next segment uh, is By the Numbers, where we review each player's performance, starting with their Guernsey numbers. And we start with Andy McGrath, who both got votes from us. And we've spoken a lot about his leadership qualities and his work rate. Anything else you'd like to ask? Oh, sorry, say of um, Andy McGrath? No, mate, just absolute gun. And, uh, yeah, really happy he's, he's playing Bombers colours, and, uh, yeah, hope to see him. Uh, take a leadership position in the years to come. Yeah, definitely. He's a class act and he's really starting to you know, learn his craft in the midfield. And we saw that, you know, 19 first, uh, first half possessions, very impressive. And you know you're having a good game when the opposition team have to put so much um, effort into you to kind of stifle your influence on the game. So, a yeah, great game by Andy McGrath. The next player was Tom Bell Chambers, and we discussed the goal that he got and from a big mark and the double cobra uh, <laughs> showing of the biceps. But, yeah, I, I thought Tom was pretty good against a very good Ruckman in weeks. Yeah, like I think, you know, if we were honest, uh, you know, weeks uh, won the contest. But I thought Bell Chambers accounted himself well. He actually got around the ball a fair bit. And, uh, you know, had the seven disposals in the end, uh, two tackles, interestingly enough, but three marks. They were really important when he was able to uh, take a grab for us, including that time where he got the goal, but even got a couple of clearances, the big boy. So, um, no, nah, I thought a, a pretty solid game from, from old Bally. Yeah, I thought so as well. Darcy Parrish, I thought he was pretty good in this game. Um, you know, uh, what was his stats on the night, mate? Yeah, so we got the 20 disposals, 13 kicks, uh, which was good. Uh, eight tackles, which was fantastic effort from Darcy uh, with two clearances. 332 metres gained and uh, a goal assist. And he nearly got a goal himself, but uh, unfortunately missed. But I thought he um, had you know, quite a solid game without being outstanding. 
Yeah, I thought it was a very good game by Darcy. It, it wasn't outstanding, but yeah, his work rate's really lifting. You can see that. And uh, yeah, eight tackles is pretty huge on the night. So great effort by Darcy Parrish. Cole Langford, uh, he continued his pretty good goal kicking. He kicked another two on the night, and um, he's a bit unsighted early, but yeah, you know, he he does a lot of things right. And as I said, he wore a few bruises on the night just by going hard at the ball. Yeah, he did. Uh, I was, you know, while he didn't have an outstanding game, he still he sort of looked a bit, uh, I don't know, not not lost, but not um, sort of in full touch. So. You know, he had the 11 disposals in the end. Seven of those were handballs, actually. So you didn't see him really use his uh, his great kicking ability. Took four marks, had a couple of tackles, uh, clearance. Uh, but those two goals were really where he made his impact on the game. Um, yeah, so I think he's actually really building into uh, quite a solid player for us. So, uh, yeah, pretty decent game from, from Kyle. Yeah, he's become a bit of a goal kicker for us. And, uh, yeah, that... Just adding another string to his bow, and you know, uh, we saw in that article uh, during the week where Rob Harding had strong views that Langford should be trained as a inside bull, but I just don't think he's that type of player yet. Um, but yeah, you know, he's such a great kick for goal. Uh, you, you want to get the ball to him, and uh, you know, hopefully he can guide him through. Devin Smith, hey, he worked hard again, but. Um, how much was was his possessions on the night? Yeah, so he just had the thirteen disposals on the night, James. A uh, couple of marks, four tackles, uh, and a goal assist, which was good. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you, you saw him. I suppose you saw him a little bit more in this game, but really didn't have a, a massive impact. He's he's sort of in and under, trying to uh, trying to pressure. But um, yeah, I suppose still not able to really uh, you know, recapture his, his former form. So uh, I suppose an average game from Smith. How do you see it? Yeah, a bit the same. I just He's really struggling to make an impact uh, lately. So, um, you know, he's, it's not without trying. You can see Devin Smith you know, works his backside off to do all the right things. It's just not coming together for him at the moment. So let's hope he just keeps persisting and... Um, yeah, he starts to find that form that we know he's capable of. Uh, next player was Zach Merritt, and I thought he's great. And I noticed uh, with the coaching votes, he he actually got the ten votes from both coaches. So, um, yeah, he, they ranked him as the number one player on the ground. But uh, we saw it a little bit differently. But I thought he was you know a really good player on the night, and as I said, he's starting to use his feet a bit more with his kicking, and um, yeah, those kicking starting to become more and more. Uh, more reliable, and he seems to be getting more and more confident when he has the uh, his hands on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we sort of spoke about his game before, but uh, he's he's been really building over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully, he can carry this form forward uh, throughout the season because it'll be really really important for us to have that consistency in the midfield. Oh, definitely. Uh, next player we've got up is Marty Gleeson. Um, I get a little bit critical of Marty when uh, he doesn't stick his tackles and he had a couple of chances. And I know um, it's a tough call because Ben King's such a big guy, but there was a, a play where you know, he just got wrong-footed very easily by Ben King and then just stuck the arm out. But I thought 
there was other plays that he did really well. So maybe I'm being overcritical of that play, but um, yeah, he, he didn't have a big night in possession rate, but I thought he started to look a little bit more reliable down back. Yeah, well, particularly in the second half. Like, I thought in that first half he was a bit uh, a bit questionable, really, his, his form and his impact on the game. But definitely coming towards that second half, he, he took a couple of good intercept marks. He, um, you know, obviously laid that tackle at the end there. Um, and even while it wasn't paid, it was it was great effort and had the ball spill and bobble around a bit more, so sucked up a bit of time. But, um, yeah, I mean, really, he... I'm I'm hoping he can find some form. He he still seemed a bit out of it, but I suppose I've got a bit of confidence with that. Uh, I suppose second half he he played there, uh, so hopefully he'll be better for the run. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dylan Shield, I gave him votes. So I thought he's pretty good on the night. Uh, he obviously missed that opportunity to get us a goal in front, but he he certainly kicked an important point near the end of the game. Uh, but beside that, he was very good uh, gaining the ball and backing himself, and then you know, most of his kicks hit their target on the night. Yeah, and like he got 26 disposals, uh, you know, four tackles, which is really good. So he's really starting to lift his defensive game as well, which is fantastic. So a, a really solid game from, from Shield, and I'm sure he'll just continue to build from here. And the interesting thing was he only played 76% of game time, so, um, yeah, imagine, like, that's 26 disposals in that shortened period. And uh, I think he's had a pretty decent impact on the game. So um, I'm sure we've just sort of managed his minutes to make sure he can get up against St Kilda. So I'm looking forward to him um, coming up again. And, um, yeah, hopefully all the midfielders can gel again. And uh, let's hope for a better result. And it was his first opportunity to captain the Bombers, so I'm sure that would be a little highlight for him. Uh, next player was Aaron Francis, and we talked about some of his uh, decision-making with the ball in his hands, but uh, yeah, he seemed a little bit outclassed by Ben King in terms of size and also uh, skill level at times. But yeah, that's where the club... Yeah, they're, they're obviously trying to teach Aaron Francis to play key position because he's been getting some big tasks uh, lately, like you know Tex Walker. Um, he got the opportunity the, uh, the other week on. Um, um, he played another key position role. Who was it? Oh, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. Jeremy Cameron, and also now, um, yeah, this week Ben King. So, um, I thought Zerk Thatcher was a better suit up for that one, but uh, yeah, they're obviously trying to teach Aaron play key position yeah actually I thought he counted himself alright like yes he can be suspect with his kicking at times but he can also be really really damaging but the one thing I'd, I'd like Aaron Francis to do is to really sort of back himself um, because there was a couple of bits of play there where he had the ball about sort of 55 60 metres out from goal yeah we know that Gold Coast were choking us up down there so it was very difficult to get a, a good entry inside 50 to one of our forwards, I would have liked to see Franger just back himself and actually take the punt because uh, he's got a beautiful leg on him and he'd kick it from there easy. Um, you know, accuracy might be, uh, I suppose, questionable, but he's definitely capable. And I think him having a ping from out there is probably a, a better opportunity for us to get a goal than to, you know, make a questionable sort of chip inside 50 to a contest where 
Gold Coast were, were pretty well structured down there. So, um, so look, I suppose a solid game for mine for Franger. Um, and, yeah, four big marks. Four, uh, yeah, I thought... And the 320 metres gained, so he's uh, he's quite damaged as well going the other way. So, um, yeah, I think still a solid game for Franger. And he'll, he'll continue to get better. I've got no doubt about that. Uh, let me just say, he's just one of those players I, I never feel too confident with. Um, yeah, he can do the classy thing, but sometimes he can do some bonehead things as well. And, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff really worries me. Um, so I've got to say, I'm not as confident when he has the ball in hand at times. Uh, and, yeah, just his lack of awareness sometimes can be a little bit, uh, you know, worrying as well. But, you know, he's a he is a player that is developing and he's got to be one that we've got to stick through because, as we talk about, Hurley and Hooker won't be here forever and we need to find our next key position players. And the club obviously feels that Aaron could be one of those. The next player was David Zarakis, and as I mentioned earlier, he played his best game for the year and, of course, got injured. Yeah, he did. Poor bugger. Um, look, those three clutch goals were just fantastic. Uh, like, to be honest with you, I didn't see him a whole lot prior to that game. I know he was getting involved in the in the footy. He got the 13 disposals in the end, uh, laid the one tackle, 220 metres gained. Um, but those... Those goals were really his his impact on the game, and uh, yes, it's a shame as he started to to play good. Uh, that now he's he's popped that quad and looks like he'll be out for quite a few weeks now. Yeah, and when I say his best game, I, I mean more of a scoreboard impact. You know, to kick three goals, and uh, he even mentioned when he felt the quad pop, he was really surprised the ball held its line and went through. Uh, he didn't think he'd have the power in the leg after he kicked the ball, but yeah, he was very clutch in that last um, you know, last part of the game and we're very lucky that he um, was uh, able to have that impact because uh, I'm pretty sure if he wasn't playing or kicking for goal on those occasions, uh, we might be talking about a bomber loss rather than a draw in the game. So really good uh, and important role for David Zararakis. A uh, player that I was a little bit disappointed on of the night was Tom Cutler. And yeah, I've got to say, um, and I don't like to you know, hurt players' reputations or anything, but he looked a little bit, uh, well, I don't want to use the word soft, but that's how I felt. He, he seemed to be avoiding body contact for some reason. I, I hope he's not that type of player because you've got to be prepared to put your, get your hands dirty at times. And, um, yeah, I just thought some of his... Uh, play was uh, yeah, pretty ineffectual and yeah, what, what did you think of him on the night? Yeah, I think you're right, James. He he was pretty suspect in the contest for mine. Um, I mean, he got that goal but that was sort of when it sort of bobbled out uh, free and it kind of landed in his lap. Um, and then the other goal that he <clears throat> oh, well, the, that he missed rather, so he, you know, he, first of all he, he, he stuffed a sitter uh, and dropped it and then got the opportunity through a good tackle. But, um, yeah, that was the only tackle he's been recorded as laying, and he missed the shot at goal. Uh, had the 10 disposals in the end. I don't know he's not a huge accumulator of the footy, but still, in a game like that, he should have been presenting a lot more up the wing, up the ground, to uh, really use his running power. 
to uh, you know get the ball going forward for us, and he he failed to do that for mine. Uh, so yeah, I'd say quite a down game from from Tommy Cutler. Yeah, and and as I said, we we never want to be too harsh on our players, but he's one that uh, I think deserved a little bit of criticism for his game, uh, and I'm sure he can come back. And you know, the club obviously gave him a two year deal, I believe, and uh, so he's going to be a bomber for a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, he'll need to show more than that if he wants to get regular senior footy. Uh, the next player was Jordan Ridley, and we've both sung his praises. Uh, it was a brilliant night, and you know, his marking was a highlight as well as his uh, elite kicking. Yeah, absolute gun. Uh, yeah, not much more we can say about him from his game, but uh, very happy he's a bomber, mate. Yeah, and uh, another player well, I, we gave votes to was James Stewart. And, you know, it was really pleasing for him to see kick those three goals and he seemed a lot more confident than he had been in the previous weeks. And I'm just hoping this is going to be a launching point for him. And uh, it gives our club a little bit more you know, confidence going forward and trying to hit up a key forward. Yeah, absolutely. Like To take those five marks were you know, really strong marks. So that was pleasing to see. And then like the three goals were big. And... Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to him like growing some confidence from this game and taking that form forward uh, as we go against St Kilda because I think he can be a really important uh, player for us and um, yeah, he definitely gave us a different element that we were sorely lacking in our forward line. Mason Redman, uh, we talked about some of his decision making, but I thought he had overall wasn't a, his worst game and. Uh, he started to use his kicking a little bit more, uh, I thought. Uh, what was his stats on the night? Yeah, so he had the 15 disposals, uh, six of those kicks, nine handballs, um, laid the one tackle, and uh, in the end had 250 metres gained. So, I don't know, like some of his um, ball use has been a bit sort of suspect and some of his decision-making as well. But I guess on the balance of the whole game, it was a fairly solid game from him. Uh, but I would like it to see him back himself more and use his running power and hopefully get his kicking ability back because um, I don't know if we've um, Essington-moded him or something like that. But it's, uh, yeah, uh, really hoping he can get his his, uh, his good ball use back because that was part of his big factors last year when he was playing really well. Yeah, he's tough at the contest. Uh, you know, we talked about this year, he's, you, know, you, you don't want to see him uh, in a one-on-one contest in the forward 50 uh, for the opposition. But uh, yeah, I, I just hope he starts to get his hands on the ball a bit. I, I thought he actually kicked the ball more than what you said. You said he only had the six kicks and nine handballs, but still had 250 metres gained. So... That says to me, each time he did kick it, he was kicking it pretty long. But, uh, yeah, let's hope he can start hitting targets and making that kick a little bit more damaging. A uh, player that is going to be one of our future players, uh, you know, one of our players of the future, but Brendan Zirk Thatcher definitely had an off night and yeah, he looked a little bit sea at times. Yeah, mate. Uh, had an absolute mare. Had the three disposals. One mark and one tackle, and that's that's from eighty eight percent of game time. So uh, yeah, I think Day definitely uh, you know drew down his colours, 
Uh, but look, he'll, he'll bounce back. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of promise, Zerk Thatcher. So uh, like a bad game, but you know, he'll bounce back from this. Yeah, I definitely believe in that as well. Mac Welfie was given the tough task of uh, guarding Isaac Rankinen. Uh, he started well uh, doing that task, but Rankinen got off the chain in the second quarter in particular. But I thought he didn't do such a bad job overall. And uh, again, it's another player that, you know, Guelphie's a real utility. Uh, he's been known to use a bit. Geez, kicking can be a bit off. And that shot for goal that springs to mind, that was a absolute shocker. And, you know, he, he can actually kick a long footy, uh, Matt Guelphie. I've seen him play in the twos a couple of times and, you know, I've been surprised at some of, the, some of his kicks. They've been like 60, 60 metres plus um, when he gets a good uh, run at it. But, yeah, that kick was an absolute shocker. And, yeah, you know, I hope he... Um, gets his next opportunity and does a lot better. Yeah. So, you know, had the 14 disposals, uh, took four marks, laid the one tackle, that's recorded anyway, and the one clearance. Uh, 195 metres gain, so he definitely, uh, you know, tried to get the ball forward for us. Like, he's an effort player. Uh, and I, I don't think he's a lockdown defender. I personally didn't have a... a uh, I didn't agree with the decision for him to to be playing on Rankin. I thought, you know, Rankin's a he's a burst player. He's he's a really talented kid. I wasn't sure Guelphie was the right matchup for him. So he, you know, he tried his best, but um, overall, when when Rankin is just a, a bloke ready to ready to run, given the chance, uh, you know, you can only lock down him for so long. Uh, so uh, look, I'd, I'd have to say overall. Uh, uh, sort of below par game from Guelphie, but uh, no, he'll, he'll be better for the run. Yeah, definitely an effort-based player, and uh, yeah, he's definitely one that works hard at his craft. He, he's a little bit outclassed on the night, but uh, I think that'll be a good game for him to, you know, start to learn about the def- defensive side of his um, actions, and you know, that play that springs to mind was uh, when he just. He did the right thing in a way. He thought the ball was going to get out the back and up on the uh, half-forward flank and the wing. And uh, he went to assist his teammate, but Rankin and just stayed you know, around the 50-metre line. And once that ball got through, uh, I think it was Day who controlled the ball and kept it in front of himself um, and got it out to Rankin. And, geez, classy player the way he finished with that goal. So uh, I think that's something that um, Guelphie will remember for next time is... Uh, probably better to stay on the most dangerous player, even if the ball might get out the back. Uh, there's other players to do that job. Uh, the next player was playing his first game for the club for a while was uh, Dylan Clark. And I actually thought he did a good job on the night. He won an uh, important mark in a one-on-one contest down back. And um, he also uh, obviously did that big tackle on Corbett. Uh, Near the uh, near the end of the game, and there was another piece of play uh, that led to our last score, I believe, and that's where Clark the ball was fumbling on the ground, and Clark just took it clean and gave a release handball, and we got it down to our forward line, and um, yeah, just the skill level to take that ball uh, shouldn't be underestimated. That you know, he just took that so clean and dished it off. I, I actually thought. 
that showed a lot of promise from Dylan Clark. And I know he gets pot-shotted about his kicking at times, but uh, he's certainly a player that I feel should uh, be kept in the side and we should persevere with him throughout this year. Yeah, and he's a bit of a tough nut too. He doesn't mind doing the hard stuff, which is pleasing to see. And, you know, he was played in defence most of the game and he only played the 64% of game time. Uh, so, you know, when we say he had the 10 disposals, well, you know, when, you, when you're down back and, um, you know, he's not really suited as a defender, in my view anyway, uh, he laid the four tackles, took a couple of marks. Um, so I think he actually accounted himself quite well, being out of, like, I suppose, out of position in terms of the role he would normally play in that sort of, you know, midfielder uh, kind of mould. So I thought he... Uh, had a decent game without being outstanding, and uh, he'll definitely be be better for having this um, this game under his belt, and he'll look forward to playing against St Kilda for sure. Uh, will Snelling, uh, we know about his work rate. Probably hasn't had the impact that I feel he could have if uh, he got the ball a little bit less pressure on him. But uh, again, he worked hard, and I think he had a lot of handballs, if I remember correctly uh, what was his stats on the night yeah so he had the 18 disposals uh 10 handballs so eight kicks and uh like so there was that beautiful um you know he got that goal and there was a, a beautiful kick i think it was to uh to Stewart or uh yeah, i can't quite remember now but uh, he's a uh, he's a real good user of the footy but the seven tackles which is fantastic to see and three clearances so again like he's He's going in and under, getting the footy himself and uh, getting, dishing it out, whereas he should really be on the end of that footy and uh, delivering it forward to really um, make our our forwards uh, get the best opportunity of, of taking the pill and having a shot at goal. So, um, look, a solid game from, from Snelling. He's a, um, he, he just goes all day. He's a, he's a bit of a terrier. So, um, yeah, I suppose a, another solid game from him. Yeah, it's, uh, again, he, he can't question this bloke's work rate. He, he works very hard and he's been a real find for us and played a lot of senior footy since uh, crossing in that mid-season draft. Uh, Adam Saad, he, again, he, he's another player that works very hard. He um, probably didn't have the same impact that he uh, could have. He, again, the sun seemed to lock down on him a bit. What was his stats, mate? Yeah, so Sardi had the 16 disposals, um, eight kicks, eight handballs, so shared the love. Uh, took a couple of marks and laid a couple of tackles. 321 metres gained. So another really solid game from, from Sardi. So, um, yeah, great to see just such a consistent player. Yeah, he is, and uh, I, I love seeing him in the side. And uh, Yeah, he probably didn't use his run as much as, you know, we'd like, but he didn't really have the opportunity to, so... Uh, yeah, Sardi's uh, definitely a player that drives a lot of our forward entries from the back half, and yeah, um, Sardi's going to be a great player for us, and let's hope uh, he gets that contract extension because we all know he deserves it. Uh, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, we talked about this a couple of times. He probably been reluctant to take shots at goal for some reason, but uh, the club. You know, started with him in the middle, and he played a lot more time in the midfield. I noticed over the overall on the night. Yeah, he did, and he seemed to get involved a bit, uh, but overall didn't have 
uh, I suppose, that much impact on the game. Had the 10 disposals, uh, seven of those handballs, mind you, so just the three kicks. Um, laid three tackles, uh, and only the 58 metres gained uh, with one goal assist. So, you know, he, he just hasn't been able to hit his straps this year, Tip up. He had a couple of bits of play where, you know, he's looking dangerous. Uh, and But again, like... A couple of instances where he, he could have had a ping at goal, but he's given it off and we've stuffed around with it and basically coughed it up in the end. So I really want Tipper to sort of take the responsibility to have those shots at goal. But um, yeah, look, let's hope we can get him back into form soon because he can be such a damaging player. Yeah, we, I think it really compounds Jake Stringer's loss because last year, Jakey and also AMT kicked a lot of our goals and with Jake out, um, we really need Tipper to step up and be that main man. But yeah, for some reason, he's reluctant to kick for goal, uh, especially you know when last year he would have been taking these shots and backing himself. So you wonder whether the psyche of being in the hub has had an effect on him because yeah, he's just not playing with the same flair or you know, composure as he did last year. But um, it's been a funny year for all players, so uh, I'm prepared to wait because we know the best of AMT is uh, very elite. So let's uh, stick with him. I'm sure he'll get much better. But overall, um, you know, three kicks and seven ambles is a you know not a very good stat because AMT is such a classy user of the footy. You want him kicking the ball. So let's hope uh, AMT. Gets more opportunities to use that leg of his and, you know, excites the Bomber fans. Next player was Sean McKernan. I thought his hands were a bit better on the night um, than they have been. Uh, still hasn't been able to kick a lot of goals for us and he's another player with Jake Stringer being absent. We really needed to step up and he hasn't quite been able to, especially on the scoreboard. No, he hasn't, mate, which is disappointing because, like, Sean McKernan's a bloke that, you know, he's, we are his, his sort of second chance at footy, uh, having come from the Crows, and, uh, you know, he, this year should have been a, a big year for him, with, you know, there was no, you know, Joe Danaher, James Stewart's still injured at the start of the season, so he really should have been taking his opportunity to go, oh, I'm the big man here, um, you know, I'll, I'll kick a bunch of goals and really, um, you know, get his, his, you know, career really firing. He just hasn't been able to take the opportunity in this game. Yes, he did take the five marks, which was really good to see. A um, couple of those really strong marks too, but uh, as you say, he hasn't been able to to um, you know, hit the scoreboard uh, that good. But he did have two goal assists, so um, he did uh, you know sort of give to good opportunities there. But um, yeah, look, I'm hoping he can he can really lift, mate, because. He's he's been down for a long time this season, and uh, we know he's capable of a lot more. So uh, let's hope Sean McKernan can uh, can turn around and uh, sort of light it up on Sunday against the Saints. And that kick to James Stewart early was fantastic, and yeah, um, I was just hoping he can hit the scoreboard soon. Uh, Connor McKenna, uh, he's just not winning a enough of the footy, but when he does get it, he's doing everything right. So, um, yeah, what does the club do with him? Do they keep allowing him to play up forward? And 
him getting minimal disposals or you know that they stick to their guns and say no you got to start in the half back line it's going to be very interesting um, as the season plays out but uh, what was his stats on the night mate he didn't seem to have a lot of it oh look he had twice as many as last week he had the eight disposals this week so um uh, and six of those kicks so yeah that's where he's uh, really used the ball quite well had 270 meters gained for us took a couple of marks um but here yeah, look I actually heard uh scooter from lunchtime catch up talk about Connor McKenna I thought it was a really good point he made in that look Connor wants to play forward and I don't know if he's if he's sooking saying up no, I'm playing forward or nowhere and we're sort of letting him play like that but you know Connor McKenna's um, been saying for a long time that you know he's uh, he's homesick, which is is absolutely uh, in his rights, and uh, and you would be particularly in a time like this. It's a um, you know rough time for everyone, so you want to go you know see your family and stuff like that. Um, and he's saying he you know he's probably looking to move back to Ireland, play Gaelic in the next year or two, so may not be at the Bomberland for for a long time. And Scooter's point was that you know. If that's his his goal, he wants to go back to Ireland. Yeah, absolutely, no worries, mate. Like we wish you well. You've you've been a good servant for us, uh, but you can't demand to be developed as a forward when you're not going to be playing there uh, with us uh, for the years ahead. We need to be getting development opportunities into people who are going to stay around uh, the Essendon Football Club. Uh, so if you're not staying around, we can't sort of. Uh, just you know, we've put a lot of development years into him to to make him a really solid back that he is. Uh, we sort of can't put those development years into him, particularly if he's just going to up and leave us in the end anyway. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the club do with Connor. I'd love him to stay. I think he's a fantastic player, but you know, if his heart's set on on leaving and going back to Ireland, all the best of luck to him. Um, but we can't keep playing him in the foot in the forward line. If he's uh, if he's not, yeah, you know, producing the output that we require. To be sure, to be sure. Um, <laughs> sorry, mate. I had to, I had to do that one. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up our players. Um, I think we'll have a break and we'll come back and we'll do our uh, selected side prediction uh, for the team to be named against St Kilda. You're listening to the Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we'll just go over our uh, selected side predictions for the team against St Kilda. And mate, uh, we've had a discussion about this before our show, and we're kind of both in agreement with these ones. So we're making the four changes. Uh, do you want to read them out, mate? Yeah, mate. So we see Bell Chambers coming out, uh, obviously with a with a shortened break. I uh, don't see him backing up. But, um, so Bell Chambers out with Draper coming back in. Uh, Zaharakis will be out. Obviously, he's popped that quad, so he'll be out for a period of time now. Uh, so we'll bring in Ham for for Zaka uh, to play on the wing there. Uh, Zerk Thatcher, um, you know, I see coming out. Uh, I thought he had a bit of a mare, so he might need a, a freshen up. And uh, I see um, Hurley coming in for him and uh, the other one is I sort of wonder whether McKernan 
or Francis might be dropped. I think like McKernan only played 66% of game time, so I wonder whether that's to to keep him fresh enough to play this week. Uh, but if not, Francis actually played 98% of game time, so I imagine one of those will be uh, dropped uh, or managed, and hopefully Hooker comes in. But yeah, obviously Hooker's a test for this game. If Hooker isn't able to get up, I imagine Franger will stay in the side because we've got no other sort of key backs there. Um, but they're the sort of ins and outs as, as we see them. Um, so, yeah, did you have anything more to add on that, Jane? Oh, look, it'd be great if uh, Carl Hooker could get back for this game. I know he's touch and go, they've mentioned. So, And they're talking about uh, Fantasia only a week away after hooker, so they must be fairly close together. But yeah, I'd love Kale to be available for this game. I think uh, you know it's a real do or die game for the Bombers. They really need to get this win. Uh, if we could go to six and a half wins, um, you know, at this point of the season, maybe we're still a chance. But uh, yeah, I think this one's a do or die contest. So you've got to roll the dice and put your best side in there. You know. I'd love to see Braden Ham back in the side. I, I think his run and dash uh, could be really beneficial. And you know, um, we talked about Tom Cutler's battles on the night. So whether the club makes that decision, but yeah, um, with Zara Arkas out as well, you know, it leaves the club. You know, probably one short of Wingman, so it probably opens the door for Braden Ham. But uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, you know, the other player that I wanted to mention before we closed was uh, Josh Begley. You wonder if he's getting uh, closer to a, a run because um, you know he could play that Townsend role. I don't think Townsend will be back this week, so um, if they want to go with another forward option who can maybe play a little bit of time in the midfield, then Begley could be the guy. But um, yeah, let's wait and see for the side to be named. And, uh, Till then, let's say go Bombers. Go Dons.